Hello and welcome to another edition of Highway to Hail, a podcast brought to you by the Michigan Daily Sports Section and the Michigan Daily. I'm your host, Jared Greenspan. This week on the pod, well, you know what we're going to talk about. It's Michigan and Ohio State, the game coming up on Saturday. So the football beat joins the pod to quickly discuss Michigan's win over Maryland and preview the incoming rivalry clash between the Wolverines and the Buckeyes. All right, so the other two-thirds of the football beat are joining me on the pod, Weary Travelers, back from College Park. How are you guys doing? Good. How is your paternity leave going? <laughs> it's good. Uh, doing, doing well. Yeah. I, I can't say any more outside of that due to HIPAA. Right, right. We can't bring anything else up. Uh, what we can bring up, though, is that after a two-year hiatus, the game is at last upon us again. And the stakes really couldn't be higher. Michigan, Ohio State set to clash in Ann Arbor this upcoming Saturday in what will most certainly be a top five matchup. College game day will be here. The winner will clinch a spot in the Big Ten championship game. It's a de facto college football playoff elimination game as well. And to steal words from what Jim Harbaugh said after the game, this was everything that was planned for. Uh, But before we hit on the game, before we get into Michigan and Ohio State. Let's start with Michigan, Maryland. Uh, the Wolverines romped 58 to 19 in College Park. An expected outcome, uh, but were there any takeaways or implications from that game that are worth mentioning in terms of the carryover effect into Ohio State week and that game? I thought so. This entire year, we've really heard about Donovan Edwards being such a good playmaker, but haven't really seen it. Uh, especially not in the passing game before this weekend. He only had two catches for 14 yards uh, against Maryland. That changed. He set a new program record for receiving yards in a single game by running back. He finished with 10 catches on 11 targets, 170 yards, a touchdown. Uh, The same wheel route that fell incomplete against Wisconsin uh, ended up going for a 77-yard touchdown. Uh, It really, I mean, implications for Ohio State. Maybe he's more involved in the passing game. Big-time implications going forward. Donovan Edwards can be a superstar. Uh, Harbaugh after the game who never really pontificates or makes big statements or thinks about you know previous players compared to, to current players or really a legacy in the moment uh, he did say this will be a blip on the radar of the career of Donovan Edwards he's destined for great things uh, based on whether Michigan gets quorum back next week or not uh, Donovan Edwards will probably play some type of role definitely significantly larger if quorum and his ankle sprain cannot go but I, I do think going forward, Donovan Edwards as a, a playmaker is definitely something that people should not concern themselves with. Yeah, and I think the other major storyline heading into Ohio State from the Maryland game is Cade McNamara's momentum. Um, there was one drive where J.J. McCarthy uh, took over the offense and did extraordinarily well through a touchdown pass to Mike Sainer still, but Cade McNamara has still, I think, taken control of this offense and He's had sort of a almost Jake Rudock-like transformation throughout the season. I think that he's really stepped into the starting role uh, for the last few games, and he's had his best games uh, in the toughest environments of the year. Of course, this will be a home game, but in big moments, McNamara's been good enough to win games. So we'll see if that's the case against a much, much tougher opponent in Ohio State. And I think the other thing worth mentioning on the Maryland front Injury-wise, Blake Corum did travel and dress, did not play, uh, so hasn't played in two straight games with that 
ankle injury, uh, but he didn't travel to Happy Valley, did travel to College Park. So I think that bodes well for his status against Ohio State. I would be surprised if he didn't play. Jamon Green was also injured against Indiana. He traveled and dressed also, so perhaps a chance that Michigan's secondary, which is going to have to be at its best against Ohio State and C.J. Stroud, might get another man back there. Uh, but on, on with Maryland, on to Ohio State, the much-anticipated game, what will be a top-five matchup, uh, presumably being that Oregon lost. Uh, this will be the first top-five matchup held at the Big House since 2003 when Michigan and Ohio State clashed and the Wolverines came away uh, with a 14-point victory. Ohio State opened as seven-point favorites. Uh, probably we'll see that line go up after the Buckeyes demolished Michigan State in Columbus on Saturday. Uh, but let's talk about the game from Michigan's perspective. What does Michigan have to do? Well, obviously a lot, but what are some things we're keying in on and what are the most important facets of the game? that the Wolverines are going to have to ace to have a shot at this one? Well, I think people, after seeing the Maryland game, they like to think that it's about the explosive plays that they saw, you know, the 77-yard touchdown from Donovan Edwards, uh, the big kick return touchdown, a uh, big pass to Roman Wilson. I think people are going to focus on those plays, and rightfully so to an extent. But also, I think Michigan's going to have to just run its offense the way it has all season. I think that in a game like this, you want to give Ohio State as few possessions as possible. And will Michigan be able to, you know, run the ball successfully 15 times in a drive? Probably not. But I think that if Michigan can sustain drives and finish them with points, that's the best case scenario. And then on defense, I think the key is going to be for Aiden Hutchinson and David Ojabo to have the best games of their career and probably force a few turnovers because Ohio State right now is the most efficient offense in the country. And that's a tall task to be able to stop. And so it's going to come down to Michigan's playmakers making plays on defense and being able to slow that attack down. I agree with the, the pass rushing claim. I, I think that if they give Stroud the amount of time that he's had in weeks past to carve up secondaries, it's not going to end well. I think Ojabo and Hutchinson are probably Michigan's two biggest keys to victory in this game. I mean, I don't think they need to go in and, you know, force two fumbles each, finish with four sacks each. But if they put pressure on Stroud and just keep him uncomfortable, I think that really limits the Ohio State three-headed monster at receiver in uh, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, and Jackson Smith, the Jigba. And I, I think that if Michigan's going to have any chance in this game, they cannot let C.J. Stroud get comfortable in the pocket. That's where he's going to pick apart Michigan's secondary. It's not a great secondary. Uh, I think outside of Dax Hill and even Dax Hill at times, uh, you see a lot of guys who struggle in man-to-man -man coverage I think zone coverage, they may not be fast enough to keep up. I don't know if uh, you guys noticed, but there were some really bad zone coverages, even against Maryland yesterday. Uh, Rod Moore just you know, standing and watching as uh, Talia Tangavailoa threw one over his guy's head in the, the back of the end zone. And then there was a, another cutback route towards the back of the end zone on the very next play where Michigan got caught out of position on a zone. But I, I think in general, to give the secondary any fighting chance in this game, there needs to be a, a big pass rush. And that could come from Chris Hinton and Mozzie Smith up the middle too. Yeah, I, I want to touch on what Brendan said. I think you're right in that they don't need to make those explosive plays because that's not really who Michigan is, rattling off 77-yard passes or 75-yard runs or plays of that ilk. Uh, rather, I think they have to do two things. One is not make mistakes 
which this Michigan team in general has proven to be pretty good at. Um, Michigan teams in the past against Ohio State have not. I mean, you think of Josh Metellus dropping an interception. You think of Kalik Hudson lining up offside on a punt. Uh, obviously can't do that. The margin for error is so thin. I think the Wolverines are good at that this year's Wolverines, which is why they've won a lot of these games uh, and some close games. But so they definitely have to limit the mistakes. And the other thing I think they have to do is they don't have to make explosive plays, but they have to make those game-changing plays and those swing plays, Um, whether that's Andre Anthony catching a 50-50 ball um, or, or someone making a key pass breakup or a big special teams play, right plays at the right time. Um, and, and your big time players have to step up in, in this sort of game. So I think those are the two areas that they have to capitalize on. And they don't have to make explosive plays so long as their their big players step up in, in those key moments and 50-50 plays of, of that like, and they avoid making those mistakes that have so often proved backbreaking. Um, and then I think... On offense, one thing I'm going to look for um, is how the receivers play and how McNamara gets them. Because I think Michigan's running game is going to be do well enough. Um, and I think Ohio State's defense has a weakness. And I think we both agree if Michigan is going to win this game, they're going to have to score points. And I think a lot of that is going to fall on McNamara and the passing game trying to get players like Eric all involved, Andre Anthony involved. I think that is going to have to really be clicking for the Wolverines to win. Yeah, I agree. I think for much of this season, it's kind of been a rotation among Michigan's receivers about who has good games. You know, Andre Anthony had a big game against Michigan state. Uh, Roman Wilson had a big game uh, last week. Uh, it, there's no one or two receivers who are just every single week putting up consistently solid performances. And, I think the reality is against Ohio state, they're all going to need to be good or at least able to be good in that game. And it's obviously a very tall task for a very young unit, but if we're talking about beating Ohio state, that's what it's going to take. Did you know that they do a beat Ohio drill every week? Does anyone mention that? They never do. Do we think that they will beat Ohio this week? What do we think uh, the drill is going to amount to? Jumping into predictions already? <laughs> Maybe not already. Um, but I, I think I like what Jared said about seizing opportunities because in this game, it seems like there's always opportunity. Uh, it seems like a lot of these losses are defined maybe less so by Ohio State excellence and more so by Michigan insisting on keeping a gun on its foot. Uh, I think we've seen that over the last few years, especially when Michigan has had a chance to do big things in this game. Obviously, this is the third time in the last last five full-length seasons where this has essentially been a, a de facto Big Ten East title game. And I, I think Michigan has really, really done the worst to itself in some of those games. Uh, obviously, the, the spot was the spot that was out of their control. But Jared mentioned some of the factors that led up to that. I think a, a lot of the mistakes really have no place on Saturday if they're going to shock the world and win this game. Let's talk about Mike McDonald because I think one of the more intriguing elements of this game, and everything is intriguing, there's no shortage of storylines, but one of the most is that 
the results in this game basically cost Don Brown his job. Like you could use the 2020 season as the scapegoat, but Don Brown's defense just folding in 2018 and 2019 against Ohio State was really his undoing. It killed his popularity and momentum, and I think everyone's confidence in him as a coordinator. Uh, so here is Mike McDonald, who's done a really good job with a defense that most people didn't expect to be top notch. Um, and this is his first test and his first chance to make an impression. And when you look at the most glaring mismatch between Michigan and Ohio State, I think it's Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, and Jackson Smith and Jigba against Michigan secondary. Um, so if you're Mike McDonald, what do you what do you do to try and neutralize that mismatch as much as possible because you know Ohio State and C.J. Stroud are going to go after it. You have to mix coverages and you have to disguise coverages. I think the balance between man-to-man and zone is probably going to be what I'm watching most. Uh, I really like what McDonald does in short yardage situations, excuse me, situations where he brings linebackers or defensive backs on a blitz and he drops defensive tackles into coverage where they can hit guys within the, the five-yard zone near the line of scrimmage. I, I think that McDonald's is just getting so much praise throughout the year for creativity. And if it's ever going to amount to anything, it has to be now. Uh, I think this is kind of the do or die stage where Don Brown lost his job, as you mentioned. Uh, and I, I think that because Don Brown was a lock to send out Josh Metellus against a top five All-American receiver every year or put Josh Ross in coverage on mesh concept crossing routes, I, I think it just became so obvious what Michigan was going to do from a coverage standpoint. If McDonald is going to flip the script and have some success this year, I, I think mixing up coverages and disguising coverages is probably the best place to start. Yeah. I think that it comes down to confusing CJ Stroud because any offensive coordinator in the country will be able to find ways to get receivers in one-on-one coverage. No, no defense on earth can stop that from happening. And that means at some point you're going to have Vincent Gray guarding Garrett Wilson and, you know, whether or not he's capable of doing so, I, that is up for debate, not very much debate, but it'll be, there will be mismatches somewhere on the field. So Michigan needs to find ways to get to CJ Stroud, confuse him and force him into mistakes. I think that CJ Stroud being a freshman bodes well for Michigan. I think that him being the Heisman front runner bodes very poorly for Michigan. So there's history yeah. in the making in this game, too. C.J. Stroud needs one more five-touchdown game to tie Dwayne Haskins' all-time single-season record at Ohio State. So, uh, you know, he's going to be hunting for the touchdown passes. A funny C.J. Stroud story before we move on. Uh, my freshman year when C.J. Stroud was a senior in high school, he came to Michigan on a, a campus visit. Obviously, he was considering Michigan and Ohio State, among other schools, as his finalists during his recruitment. And Josh Gaddis took him to a basketball game. And with a couple minutes left in the second half, Michigan was, I don't know, they were beating some mid-major by a lot. Um, and the crowd started chanting, we want CJ. Obviously a, a reference to CJ Stroud, a, a generational quarterback recruit sitting courtside with Josh Gattis. And CJ Baird stood up from the Michigan basketball bench and gave a little tip of the cap and was later informed that they did not, in fact, want CJ Baird. They wanted CJ Stroud. Now Michigan will get CJ Stroud in Ann Arbor. He will be wearing scarlet and gray, but he will be making his return to Ann Arbor and will be playing a football game at the big house. So poetic, Daniel. <laughs> that's, uh, why I'm, that's why I'm going to design. 
I think to to close the CJ Stroud segment, I think watching that Michigan State Ohio State game, what was really apparent was the Spartans just got no pressure on him, and Michigan State has a pretty beleaguered secondary. They're not a very strong unit, and their front seven gave them no help. They left them out to dry, only exacerbated matters. Um, if Michigan can't get pressure on C.J. Stroud, they don't have a chance. As Daniel mentioned earlier, David Ojabo, Aiden Hutchinson may very well both be top 15 picks in this NFL draft. They're going to have to both play like that. They're going to have to be wrecking havoc, get in the backfield all the time, uh, or Michigan's defense won't, won't have a shot. Um, but enough on C.J. Stroud, enough on Michigan's defense. Let's segue into some predictions here. Uh, we'll go around the horn, give our score predictions, final thoughts on the game, um, and some keys. If we don't pick Michigan, what Michigan can do to win. I will start, start by saying that I don't see a path to victory for Michigan. Um, I've seen this team play a lot of football this year. I've watched Ohio State play a lot of football this year, especially over the last month. Um, I, I see just uh, differences that can't be overcome, a talent gap that can't be overcome, a schematic gap that can't be overcome, a coaching gap that can't be overcome. Give me Ohio State 42-17. I, I think the Buckeyes jump out front early and roll. I, I think that this Michigan team is different in some regards. I think that it's one games that past Harbaugh teams wouldn't win. I think it lost a game that past Harbaugh teams also would have lost against Michigan State. I think that this team will do better to hang into this game. It'll hang into this game longer than past Harbaugh teams have, but that talent gap, it's just too much to overcome. So I'll give Ohio State 52, Michigan 33. Yeah, when I think of this game, I just think it's going to end up very similarly to the last game that was played back in 2019, I think Michigan will, will punch back early. I think it will be a high scoring game, uh, but ultimately Michigan's offense doesn't have enough juice and Ohio State's does. Um, I think Ohio State scores in the high 50s and Michigan bottoms out in the high 20s, maybe low 30s. Uh, we'll call it like 57 to... 27 something along those lines it's a very similar score wise to 2019 i just don't think michigan has what it takes to to hang with the buckeyes for the whole game i think they will probably in the third quarter and i don't know if it's as much as michigan shooting itself in the foot or ohio state is just simply better um in terms of a path to michigan victory i think realistically um ohio state just has to have a really bad day if Ohio State comes out and plays as well as it did against Michigan State, Michigan won't win. Um, so I think there's a number of factors that have to go into it, obviously, on the Michigan end, and we've talked about a lot of them, but perhaps just as important, Ohio State just has to have a bad day. Or a big snowstorm. You know, maybe the big house gets a foot of snow on Friday night. Do we know what the uh, forecast is? Daniel's best right Daniel's best hope for Michigan is literally an act of God. We're looking at Michigan to lose this game. No snow so far. No snow, but we're looking at 25 degrees the night before. You know what's happening? 
press box, hot chocolate. That does sound really good. Um, I know nobody can see right now, but I'm, I'm holding up a nice L for the photographers who do not have access to a hot chocolate machine. Well, we dropped our predictions. Does anyone have any last things we want to hit on about the game before we depart? Yeah, I have a question for you guys. If yeah. Michigan loses this game by, you know, call it double digits, do you think this is a successful season for Michigan? Uh, I hate this question. Or do you question. think it comes down to the Rose Bowl outcome? What do you I, define a successful season? I, I, I don't like this question. I never like this question because – Neither I do that, I, but it's a fair question. Yeah, it simplifies things a lot. Um, I mean, I think that there's always going to be people who say, oh, well, the Michigan football season is never successful unless you win the Big Ten. And I think that that's stupid. Um, I think that given the expectations that Michigan had this year and the fact that it beat a Wisconsin team on the road, that might end up being top 10, which uh, we can't really, you know, gloss over that at the end of the season when we write the postmortem report. But I would still say this season is a success given preseason expectations, but a year from now, if it happens again, no. I think that the bar is going to be raised significantly after this season. Yeah, I agree with Brendan. I think this season, um, and if you if you look at the the new AP poll, which doesn't really matter, but I'll include it for the sake of this exercise because the college football playoff poll doesn't come out until Tuesday. Georgia was preseason number five, Ohio State preseason number four, Alabama preseason number one, Cincinnati preseason number eight, Notre Dame preseason number nine, and Michigan preseason unranked. It's hard to imagine Michigan being unranked in the preseason. Um, and here they are going to be top five um, in the CF people for a Michigan-Ohio State matchup. Um, You're telling me you guys didn't predict Michigan to win 10 games this year? Fools. Yeah. Do you think the Las Vegas Bowl is out of the question? I think so. I think so. What if um, they lose like 106 to nothing? I think that there would be bigger questions at play then. Then maybe the season wouldn't be a success. But I yeah. do think this season – this for this season, it's a success. Getting to 10 wins, um, most likely going to a Rose Bowl, barring – and 106 loss to Ohio State or win over Ohio State. Um, and I think regardless of what happens there, getting to that point, which is a, a point that they haven't been at in a long time and not in the Harbaugh era, I think that's a success as much as Michigan fans will complain about a loss to Ohio State and a loss to Michigan State and maybe not a bowl game win, which are all fair gripes. But I think for this season – um, a success, especially all the uncertainty surrounding this program, you know, last December, again, like how quickly we forget if people wanted Harbaugh gone. No one knew if he was going to stay. The coaching staff was a mess. The team went two and four. They didn't have a quarterback. I mean, this team had a lot of problems and they have righted the ship really quickly. Um, impressive. Matt Campbell was the anointed son, Matt Campbell, who what's his record now at Iowa State on it was like six. Not good. Yeah, they've lost yeah. like four or five games this year. Um, but I, I agree with you guys. I think it's a successful season. There is so much to build on from this season going forward. 
I mean, Harbaugh really took a shot in the dark with the D.C. hire. Looks like McDonald could be one of the best young minds in all of football. Uh, I think they've seen a lot from J.J. McCarthy, Donovan Edwards, Andrew Anthony, a lot to really like about the offense that's going forward. Uh, a veteran offensive line that's playing phenomenal football under a first-year position coach in Sharon Moore. Uh, a, a young staff that can connect to a roster full of 18 to 22 year olds. Uh, I think in general, win or lose in this upcoming game. And it's worth noting ESPN's FPI, which everyone loves, gives Michigan a 38% chance to win this game somehow, some way. I think they actually that? missed a ESPN's FPI. Yeah, who loves that? I don't think anyone um, loves I'm it. making the joke. We all hate it. Uh, oh, I think okay. they, they missed a decimal point. I think it should say 3.8, not 38. Um, but I, I do think this is a successful season. They could go out and lose this game by 30 points, and I think this is a six, successful season. Uh, in, in general, there's just so much to take away. I'm personally excited to see uh, after Ohio State wins by 50 for pro football focus to say that Michigan's actually better. Well, on that note, thanks to the football beat for joining. Thanks, Jared. Thank you for hosting us through your paternity leave. Appreciate you setting aside the time. Say hi to little Johnny for me. That's going to do it for this week's episode of Highway to Hail. Thanks to Brendan and Daniel for joining me, and thanks to Jimmy Malone for editing this podcast. To read the Football Beats coverage, go to michigandaily.com, go to sports, and then hit the football tab. We've got you covered with all the content you need about Michigan football leading up to the game, covering the game, and after the game. So make sure to go to michigandaily.com and check that out. Until next time, adios.